What does this cat resemble and look like, baby? And thy bounty through Christ our Lord. <laughs> Amen. Once again, I'm confusing him with uh, Anton Yelchin. Oh, I've yeah. done it so many times over. I think I also said Emil Hirsch gone too soon, which uh, definitely gives credence to the fact I was talking about Anton Yelchin. Because I've told you this before that I used to hate, I thought I was supposed to hate Anton Yelchin mm-hmm. because he was an abuser. And then I found out he's a perfect sweet angel gone too soon. RIP. It's Emil Hirsch who is the abuser. So he's immediately disqualified from Hottie of the Week if he ever comes up. He will never be Hottie of the Week. Not on my pod. Not. Well, welcome to the pod. Yeah, I don't know when you started recording. We've been recording for about five minutes. I've just oh, okay, all like that's good... in. Ever since I've been talking about natural born killers and stuff. No, I'm gonna cut that. I'm gonna cut it down. But I mean, definitely cut it down. But that's all been. I'm going to start around when you started going off about how you hate Emil Hirsch. Yeah. I mean, he's an abuser. I'm, yeah. You know, in there. It's right. fine. No, I hate him too. That's all the, uh, all the levels and everything are good. Yeah. Everything's good. good. Welcome to doubled feature guys. We got a new month. Mu- wait, wait. Yeah. I was going to say, Dan, we need to just get right into our first segment. Yeah. Housekeeping. Well, are you going to ask who's at the door? Oh shit. Are I forget this every single time. Cue me up again. I mean, uh, well, once again, I'll just wait until the, they get tired. The housekeeper is mm-hmm. outside. Yeah, we'll wait. Until they, okay. Oh, oh, there they are. Hello, who's there? Uh, it's housekeeping. Oh, hey. Let me let you, hold and on. Let housekeeper me let you, sounded let, a lot like me. Yeah, let, hold Am on. Let, I me, out there? let me let the housekeeper in. Give me a second. Yeah, I just need some new towels. You're not going to mime walking to the door. Right? It was a pause. Yeah. You walked silently to the door. Well... There's a reason for that. Not even going to do the Foley work? Let's, no. Let's get right into our first bit of housekeeping. I think the most important one. No bit. If you listen to last week's episode, the audio is scuffed as hell on it. It's fucked up. We freaked it. We absolutely um, freaked it. What I, happened? Do you think it was your headset mic was picking up the volume or picking up the audio instead of the mics we were talking into? Something like that? Yeah. So what... It, for some reason, my computer decided, even though I've set up the codec, the mixer, mm-hmm. as my default audio input. Right. Uh, my you com- are blaming the hardware, just so we're clear. You, you're going to no, say no, 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 no. It's my it's, it's my fault because I should have double checked it. Right. But um, doubled feature. The doubled stands for double checking the equipment. Yeah. So what happened was my computer decided that it was going to default set the default back to my webcam. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize what had happened because we recorded four episodes. I did. We played D and D multiple times. It was all on. Everything was fine, and then all of a sudden, it decided it was going to go back to my webcam as the default. And didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. So we've decided that we're going to re-record this last, episode that you're last hearing week's now. episode. Uh, the double and enemy people are calling unlistenable. Mostly, I've you. said that. You're the only person. No one, no one else is willing to be mean to us. But if any of them have listened to it, they would call it unlistenable. It sounds I, horrible. I tried so hard. I literally spent... There's nothing you could do. At I least mean, an hour and a half working right. on it. I, mean, I, I did every every trick in the book where I got it to where I was like, hey, if somebody does want to listen to this, 
they can. You could get through it. It's just it sounds really bad. Yeah, it just it sounds, sounds really echoey sounds and horrible. Shitty. So um, it honestly get- sound for knowing that it's just the two of us talking in a room and your webcam mic picking us both up. It's okay for that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm surprised it went as well as it did. I'm surprised you can hear me at all. But uh, yeah, it's not good. Um, sorry about that, guys. It happened to this week's episode too. So, uh, spoiler alert: We've already re- recorded this. We've episode. recorded this very these two movies we've recorded before. This is a take two. So we did not feel right uh subjecting yeah. people to a second uh horrible audio episode so we're just redoing it and so what we're what not we're only do... not only are we re-recording them we're re-recording it on new microphones Max. New microphones. We've, we've invested in new microphones yeah. and so. so what we're gonna do with this episode is dan and i both have headphones in we are gonna start playing the audio from the from the scuffed version of this episode and we're gonna pantomime it back to you Perfectly. We're going to parrot it back mm-hmm. so that you get the absolutely un- unadulterated version of that episode, um, but in good audio quality. We've translated it through Google Translate. Mm-hmm. Um, we've translated it back and forth a couple times um, into Japanese, back into English, into French, back into English. We've yep. done basically that a couple times over. Um, so there'll be all kinds of weird stuff lost in translation. It's, it's going to be great. But no, yeah, we, we bought some new microphones. We've got... Um, stands little Mm -hmm. little uh spring-loaded arms we do it for you guys we got new mics uh i next week's episode uh which we will tell you what those movies are at the end of this episode uh are has already been recorded because we're re-recording this now Mm-hmm. so those are on the old mics it still sounds good i've listened back to it already it sounds yeah, as it's good not as, it's not the it, audio fuck up episode it'll be back to the first couple episodes first couple episodes quality. which are i'm Fine. with yeah. the like 30 dollar like stage mics that i had bought we just like very uh researching and acquiring gear. i mean i've uh, this is we're just one a of couple my, of tech heads here on the one Double of my favorite podcast. joys in life one of my favorite absolute favorite things to do is to research and acquire gear Yep. Um, people who know me know this. I love uh, looking at deals. I love looking at reviews. I love love it. And then acquiring the gear. If I use it or not, do not care. Sometimes I just open up the Honey app on my computer. Yeah. And I just look at the coupons. It's all for stuff I'm not going to buy. Have you ever like but saved I just look money at with Honey? No. You're not sponsored by Honey. Nor will we ever be. I don't like their product. It's every time I use it. It'll just be like, hey, Honey's detected some deals for your uh, for your cart, and then it'll go. You'll let it do its thing, try all the coupon codes, and then it's like, yeah, you've already got the best deal. Like, what the fuck do I want you for? Get off my browser. You don't. I don't need this. I um, I keep getting notifications because I bought a you know like my squat rack in the garage for the home gym. Keep getting notifications that there's price drops on it. I'm like, honey. I bought this months ago. Okay. You need to stop telling me that I that I fucked it, honey, honey, sugar bear. <laughs> stop telling me. Um. So yeah, so yeah. Sorry about last week. Yeah, we uh, we subjected you to the double and enemy because um, we, we I w- didn't personally realize how unlistenable it was. Right. I didn't hear it until the episode was released. By that point, it's already up. I'm like, eh, I just fucking yeah. Leave and it I was dude. like I said, I I tried. I spent at least an hour and a half two maybe, hours maybe that'll be the first it. um 
maybe that'll be the first twin movies, the first double of movies that we uh, revisit. We, we Absolutely, revisit. we're gonna re- we're gonna revisit that one probably sooner than we would for uh, especially because we just like, like a normal movies. like revisit. Once we get just long enough away where we kind of forget the movies even a little bit, we'll get we'll get a fun guest on the pod and we'll, we'll yeah we'll get somebody fun on there or like maybe somebody who's uh hasn't seen enemy at least mm-hmm. so that we can kind of get do a that, couple like, of first couple time. of pros versus uh, one con yeah situation yeah we'll get an ex con in the mix and I'm gonna I brought up my theory that I'd seen other people where. It's all kind of like like Melanie Loren's character is whoa, can't do that here. Yeah. There might still be spoilers. Never mind. I'm gonna watch it with some fresh eyes I think it's when a we go back take at anyway, it. Anyway, so watch it with some fresh eyes when we go back at it. Just come at it with like some weirdness. I do like. I I think I tweeted about this that um, I misquoted. Uh, I very slightly misquoted uh, Isabella Rossellini in Blue Velvet towards the end of the Double and Enemy episode, and I'm like. Man, nobody's making it to this point anyway <laughs> to hear me slightly misquote a good movie. Right on. Right on. Um, Let's get right into our second segment. We do it every week. Hottie We're going to keep doing it every week. You want Hottie of the Week already? Yeah. Give it to me. I can't, Max. Even though I know who it is. Um, 100% I no. know who it is because we already recorded this episode and it hasn't changed. Dan? Yeah. What you been watching? I uh, watched a couple of movies. Um, let's see. We watched Soul together last night. We did watch Soul together Pixar last Soul. night. Finally got um, around to it. Yeah, it's great. It's on your Oscar watch. Oh, yeah. It's up for um, best, best animated. Uh, animated feature. You watched another um, best animated nominee. I've watched it. I've right? watched. Oh, yeah. I watched uh, Onward a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Also Disney Pixar. Um, also great. More of a tearjerker i cried onward during onward i've i had already soul i thought was really gonna fucking tug at my heartstrings as well and um there was only kind of there were a couple of little when he's realizing that his life has been positive and he was looking at it the wrong way maybe if i was like really into it in solitude maybe that would have gotten me a little bit but uh nothing got uh no no tears um it was um a little for less, a movie um, that uh, is about a man coming to terms with his own death, uh, not as sad as it, more uplifting than anything. Yeah, like, all, overall positive. I mean, all the all these movies are overall positive, but uh, didn't quite have the not as tear jerkery as uh, Pixar normally gets. <laughs> I mean, with, yeah, on, onward with stuff I like up, onward I teared up a couple of times. Where up just comes swinging for the fences, Oof. trying to destroy you as a human being. I think right that's part gate. of what makes Up so effective as well is that it it fucking knocks you on your ass yeah. immediately so that you're in like a headspace where you're just like more emotionally vulnerable oh, yeah, or something. They've... So the rest of the movie hits because it's not the best Pixar movie, in my opinion. I really like it, but I think they, they because it's so to... effective, yeah, like yeah. it's I feel like it's like exploiting me in some way. It's exp- yeah. it's exploiting the human condition of it's like you uh, said. just dropping super sad. And then all these laughs like, yeah, fuck, they, they need something. They man. really just pull the rug out from underneath you right away. So you're just on. They force you to be vo- vulnerable. Yeah. From the jump. And you're kind of just waiting for it. Yeah. Um, I, I like both of these movies a lot. Onward and Soul. 
um soul a little more so but um i like I they're both great they're both up for best animated feature also i also watched uh i don't know if i mentioned it on pond or not the um netflix original over the moon another oh, um, yeah. one that's up for best animated feature um that was really nice it was way more of a musical than i thought but, i uh, like yeah, soul more than onward as well i had a big problem with onward where um like tom holland's character the like younger brother yeah main character the main character yeah uh he's just so and i mean this is like part of the like thing but i was just like really bothered by how shitty he is mm-hmm. to chris pratt's well, he grows. He does grow. I mean, that's the point of the movie. That's him, the point of the movie, grown, but it was his, just like dealing with loss and I don't know from it, and growing as a kid. I, I was so bothered by it. I think just that sort of uh kind of like attitude of like I'm too cool for all your like random like bullshit or like I'm too busy for it. Like really just kind of like Right. I mean that's a big hit, part of his arc though. Is him... Hit me in but it, no, it, it made me more aggravated than it was mm-hmm. to like see him. So like by the time that he did come around, I was just kind of like, meh. I um But Soul I thought Soul was great. I Soul, like Soul was great. The too, music too. in it is phenomenal. Like all the jazz stuff. The music's phenomenal. The super um, cool. The animation, man. I mean just not even just Disney Pixar, but I mean anything. It's like one of the best well, you, animated you, movies I've ever seen. Yeah, like, it you mentioned so it good. last night while we were watching it. I I think like two or three times I just kept going. This looks so good, but I it I would love to see just like a side by side. I mean, I can picture it in my head already, but uh, how far? I mean, it's been like thirty years or something like that now. But how far Pixar has come from? watching oh, like mean, toy story toy story looks to this toy story is like tough to watch anymore especially i mean uh um the humans, the humans in toy story are rough looking dude if you haven't seen toy story in a while it's not uh it's not pixar it's uh uh shrek dreamworks but shrek is dreamworks original yeah. shrek, like the first shrek movie also looks horrible looks now. terrible i didn't realize we like threw it on these... as a meme like i mean this was like probably like almost a year ago yeah. now or we're, more we're shrekking ourselves before we wrecked ourselves yeah you know? um yeah shrek looks fucking awful real now, bad too, but um, um soul i would put in like not quite my top tier pixars with like no it's for, a st- for me like ratatouille and like toy story 2 and like the incredibles um finding nemo is my favorite pixar so finding is, nemo is your favorite ratatouille yeah. is my favorite finding nemo is my favorite i i I just love the ocean yeah and like the water and stuff like so it's ocean. just like okay. really fun for me i, I would it's a lot of i would put soul kind of on my second top tier with like with finding nemo with um like wally i really i like i think i like wally more than most people yeah i think um, soul is kind of on that like a little bit lower for me yeah. as well yeah not like absolute tier top tier that's also with the, it's really good I, like pixar is just kind of held to this almost absurd standard i think where it's like oh, yeah absolutely. everything they release is hit after hit s tier children's animation s tier just animation and film in general so when you're like ranking it, you're like, oh, here's my S plus and then S. And then right. like almost every single one of their movies is like ranked in that like highest tier before you even get down to they like almost, A. They almost never miss. I've not seen. I can't believe I've never seen Toy Story 4. I should really see that. 
Um, I, I like haven't Toy seen Story 4 a I haven't lot. seen Coco, which is supposed to be incredible. Coco is insane. To- Coco, I would put in my top tier oh, of no Pixar shit. movies. It's wow. so good. I really gotta watch. Coco, I actually, I, guess. I'm, um, I, I really like kind of uh, Mexican like culture. Mm-hmm. like with the, all the imagery and stuff like they do the stuff i forget what the like the name of them uh because i'm just really bad with like remembering like proper names and shit but the little like animals that like frida Kahlo would draw that are like really colorful and stuff they have uh all of those in the movie as like spirit animals javelinas um let me look it Mexican up Mexican animal i can think of um, um but yeah i haven't seen it's I, so uh, good like cars kind of misses for me i'm not into cars cars is whatever and um i never saw the good dinosaur but i think that's kind of the one that people are like yeah didn't really work out for them but um yeah i guess uh souls in like my second from the top tier uh onward in that next kind of tier down i guess with like stuff that i still really like but it's not like amazing like monsters university and stuff so it wasn't free to cow. So they're not wrong. animals. It's that's the name for brightly colored Mexican folk art sculptures of fantastical creatures. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was one animal. You were no, no, okay. no, no. I know so, what you're it, talking about now. I didn't know there was a name. And for it wasn't. It. Um, it wasn't free to cow. I was wrong. It was a uh, Pedro Linares, um, created Alabrejes, which they're like paper mache. They've got a bunch of uh, crazy like colors, and they're normally like these like amalgamations of, um different animals but they're like spirit animals like for dia de los muertos and stuff and just like coco is just so much there's just so much dia de los muertos and just like mexican culture and like all that yeah. stuff which is just like i just find it really cool and really interesting yeah, so like coco is just like and once he like gets to the sort of like afterlife it's just this absolute fucking visual feast yeah oh my god it's incredible um, i mean when he comes back to life too um when they're yeah for i mean another like movie that even came out like a couple years ago so like soul is uh i probably even like another step forward for pixar in terms of um animation but coco just looks amazing yeah um the only other movies i've been watching because we've been in this for like a while now watch the mummy returns as i have to watch the mummy this year return he did i slept through a lot of it but i've seen the mummy returns a million times so i logged it anyway uh and then again gotta watch it austin powers the spy who shagged me oh just an all-timer love it uh i think it's it's, my favorite austin Powers. it's your favorite yeah it is my least favorite out of the three but i the hell i love all three of them so much but yeah of, of the three it's my least favorite really um foundational uh heather graham Oof. I was, Heather Graham in that movie, I am just absolutely head over heels in love with. Going into it, because I haven't seen like Heather Graham in a lot, like as like a starring role. She's <laughs> she does a lot more like bit part stuff, yeah, like she's supporting a char- character. She's a character actor. Um, pretty like lukewarm on her. I thought going in, I think I might. I think maybe I do like Heather Graham. Not, I mean, she's clearly a very attractive woman, but the best. I was just like, eh, roller girl. Didn't hate, don't like dislike Heather Graham by any means. How do you like like, Goldmember more? Everyone agrees Goldmember is the low point of the series. If I if I had to work back to it, I think it is because that was the only one I saw in theaters. Mm. 
So it was kind of in terms of just the like right, right place, right time. Right place, right time. I really I like gold member more than most people. I quote I love all three. Yeah, Austin I do too. Powerful. I've on Letterboxd, I'm pretty sure all of them have five, five stars and a heart. Max. Just cause Max zip yeah. it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's getty dude. Yeah, we just I'll just say awesome power stuff for a yeah. while. It's just a hard yesterday. Knock life for us. Just yeah. yesterday, Kool-Aid was leaving the house mm-hmm. and you we were talking and he's like uh, he goes to leave and he checks, you know, phone, wallet, keys. And I said to him, spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. Yeah, it's great. You can say, got to say it every time. But no, uh, Goldmember also has. Well, so Daddy wasn't there, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, that song's got staying power. Not not quite on the level of like um, Man of Constant Sorrow from uh, Soggy Bottom Boys as oh. far as fictional songs go. Yeah. But um, great. Love yeah. that love that song. Uh, Goldmember also has the line from all three movies that I quote the mut the most, which is uh, Michael Caine talking to Goldmember mm-hmm. when he says, uh, "There are only two things I hate in this world: intolerance of other people's cultures and the Dutch." Yeah, oh, oh, and it's Michael Caine. Yeah, it just, it's so good. Michael Caine's a big get for that. I mean, Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce is the Austin Powers girl. One of her. Is sick, dude first acting roles i believe just kind of like right after breaking off from destiny's child and stuff just uh man i i i guess i I guess i would have to go heather graham just because of how foundational um her character was as a hot girl for me growing up but i was gonna say could you rank uh the three austin powers ladies elizabeth hurley uh, Heather Graham and Beyonce. I think most people would go Beyonce, and I would too if it weren't for that personal connection I have to uh, Heather Graham. I would probably go. Uh, Damn, I love Elizabeth Hurley though too. Hurley, Beyonce, Graham. Wow, you're fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Dude. What can I say, dude? I'm just the I'm just the the twisted mind of the Deviled Featured Podcast. Wow. Um, let's get into our films for this week, though. Yeah, buddy. Our little re-record. Let's hit play on last week's episode and just get... We're going to do what you've been watching for that week. We're I'm not. hearing me being patched in. Here I am. You um, want to introduce your movie first? or you? Which wanna... one did I do? Six, you get egg roll? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just heard myself say that I did it. So, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, so we are talking about two 1968 movies about... Uh, widowed parents combining their families um that is with six you get egg roll and yours mine and ours uh with six you get egg roll is a 1960 why am i repeating 1968 oh because i did it on the other one i'm just i'm just repeating what i said uh directed by howard morris starring doris day brian keith pat carroll barbara hershey alice ghostly george carlin and the band the grassroots uh, Abby McClure, played by Doris Day, is a widow, mother of three boys, and successful business owner. She is pushed by her sister to date Jake Iverson, played by Brian Keith, himself a widower and father of one girl. Despite some early setbacks, the two grow to love each other and quickly elope. When the children find out, frustration quickly grows about combining houses and living in combining houses and lives, and a series of situational comedy ensues as the new family of six struggles to adapt. Switching back and forth between houses proves impossible, and they buy a camper to serve as an extra bedroom. After an argument, Abby drives the camper, still carrying a sleeping Jake, back to his house, but hits a chicken truck and is taken to jail. Jake and the kids arrive and somehow hit the same chicken truck and get into a brawl with the chicken truck driver. 
Uh, through this shared enemy, they learn to be a family and embrace a life together. Oh, <laughs> movie gets wild towards the end. It does. Uh, we'll it has a uh, 66 uh, Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Didn't find a critical score and a 6.5 on Metacritic. It made $10 million at the box office. Could not find a uh, budget for this one. Yeah, I think I had the same problem uh, finding some of the uh, stuff, too. I don't think I have a box office for... Yeah, you do. This... Right. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the other film, Yours, Mine, and Ours, directed um, by Melville Shavelson. Um, it stars Lucille Ball, Henry Fonda, and Van Johnson. Uh, widower Frank Beardsley, Henry Fonda, has 10 kids and is returning home from a tour in the Navy. Helen North, Lucille Ball, has eight kids and works as a nurse on the uh, military base. Uh, after a brief sort of meet-cute, uh, when one of Frank's daughters gets sick and the pair is set up by a mutual friend, Frank and Helen go on a couple of dates and decide to get married. They actually decide to break up at one point and say, like, oh, there's too many kids, we can't do this, and then they kind of meet each other back on dates with other people You're going off the damn script yeah, i'm going off the script get back on but the script they decide to get married and combine their absolutely monstrously sized families to some of the older children's protesting uh shenanigans happen hilarity ensues and eventually helen becomes pregnant with the couple's first child families are brought together by the child's birth and the pair adopt each other's children and they live happily ever after uh, this is also based on a true story mm -hmm. real real people the beardsleys uh, yours, mine, and ours had an estimated budget of two and a half million. Um, estimated box office of twenty five point nine million. Absolute gangbusters. So um, money in sixty eight. Yeah, it's got a fifty percent critic, eighty percent audience Rotten Tomato score. Couldn't find a Metacritic, uh, but Roger Ebert gave the film three and a half out of four stars. Mm -hmm. So both pretty successful pretty movies. Successful, yeah. yeah. Um, should we, I mean, these are basically Brady Bunch movies. Yes. Um, uh, two families combining with a bunch of kids. They came um, out before, I think I even read these, something where uh, the Brady Bunch was the at Bra least the partially greenlit yeah, because of like the success in, of these movies. It was in like pre-production or something. I don't know if they do pre-production for shows i don't really know that works, oh you know they got to do casting writing yeah. and stuff um, so the idea was in the works for the brady bunch even though i believe the brady bunch came out in 69 one year after these movies came out um what was it the brady bunch sued yours mine and ours is that how i remember that yeah so um it was actually yours mine and ours uh producers studios threatened to sue the Brady Bunch claiming that oh, okay. um, it was like too similar. But yeah, ABC did eventually kind of bat, uh, green light or kind of push forward, I guess, more fervently with mm -hmm. um, the Brady Bunch because of the success of both of these movies. Um, eventually, the Brady Bunch was able to basically counter and say, like, no, we we had this idea already. Like they had they had the documentation to basically show that, like, we're not copying you. This was. Right something we had already had in the works and stuff um so yeah both of these movies are basically uh if you took the brady bunch concept yeah very similar made, made movies out of them same same general idea in the zeitgeist for these where would you put them on our um scale um 
uh, like a six or a seven because um, the whole premise is there's a lot of the action is the children's protesting and just weird like having families and dating later in life making it weird to get together whatnot yeah um but yours mine and ours is about a giant family where it's massive uh, with six you get egg girl is about a pretty normal for the time a family of six yeah doris day has that's a big family by today's standards doris day has that's pretty three kids like you said in the synopsis Mm -hmm. brian uh brian keith's character only has one One. daughter yeah so combined two families it gets and one of doris day's sons and brian keith's daughter are even shown like graduating high school in the movie right so they're older right um both henry fonda and lucille ball have older kids as well in uh yours mine and ours but i mean they have like henry fonda has two kids in the movie that are literally like hey where are your two other kids i only see eight kids and he's like oh they're babies they're with my brother-in-law or something like that yeah it's really weird that they did that is it's yeah, it was, it's the kid's aunt and uncle. I don't know if it's his siblings or their late brother's yeah. siblings. I can't remember but, if it's um, like specifically. Yeah, he's got so stated. many fucking kids that they ship two of them off to just not really be in the movie. Not for any... That must be something that's like part of reality, like what actually happened in, in this real family's life because it doesn't factor into the movie at all. Not really. Other than the, the kids are a little bit mad at him when he comes back and sends their brother and sister off or to I forget the youngest ones off the babies off yeah um insane dynamic in this movie is that um henry fonda's character uh he's um he's in the military's uh uh navy seaman um, some sort of higher ranking official he didn't yeah, seem to be a captain sort of, of a ship but he's yeah, a higher sort ranking of officer officer um he uh a lot of this movie happens in narration mostly from henry fonda but also a bit from lucille ball and in which he describes like the family dynamic and stuff and it begins with him coming back from his deployment uh the and kids he, have been staying the eight kids who been staying aren't with, that with aunt and uncle. the aunt and uncle are staying with a neighbor I don't think is it the same. No, they're uncle? staying with the aunt. Okay, uncle. yeah, the aunt right. and uncle are at their house. When I we, miss when uh, we come back, but I misunderstood that then. Um, I I believe so. It just I mean doesn't matter either way. Um, but he describes uh that he's leaving from like the military to go to what he calls uh the like the worst war at all, the war with his own children. Yeah, he's just treating his kids like enemy combatants from some, the get-go. Yeah, Such some a very weird uh, there there is a lot of like sort of like dated jokes. There's a, a kind of like joke later on with this kind of exposition where he's explaining how he's running a tight ship kind of thing. Right. And then there's a little visual gag where he gets up super early, but all he does is uh, get Lucille Ball up and out of bed so that she can go do everything, and he goes back to bed. Yeah. So there's some like dated, um, yeah. I mean, the movie's gender norm was, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I I took that as a fairly like dated thing, but it also he's he's like super mad that the kids are mad at him for going to war. Right. because he's like well i'm defending you and like but then later in the movie uh lucille ball after they've kind of combined families lucille ball as a christmas gift basically says oh you can go to you can go back to sea 
you're allowed to go ship out and he kind of like protests a little bit and then is just more than ecstatic to just ditch his new wife and 18 children at this point yeah she's pregnant with what will be their first child together and 19th total child well he doesn't find out that she's pregnant until he's already on the ship and out to sea because once he finds out she's pregnant he like rushes back Mm. home kind of thing but there is some uh weird stuff i so right off the bat i'll say i liked both of these movies a lot yeah um i think both of us liked them more than we expected to yeah i thought this was going to be a waste of time and we were gonna like riff tracks talk about how these are stupid shitty little movies but they're a lot of fun man there's some fun jokes in both i mean so they both have right, great, great uh, actors doing getting into fun like classic comedic situations. Well, I mean, 1968. Could you have? I mean, maybe I'm not super familiar, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Could you have picked two better leading ladies? Oh man! In 19 Doris Day and Lucille Ball, both incredible, just absolutely in their bags. Yeah, killing it. it. Yeah. Uh, yours, mine, and ours. Um, legitimately, almost entirely because of Lucy. Uh had me just full on belly laughing yeah there so once max you got some explaining to do what what did lucille do specifically that uh, made you laugh i just wanted to drop a uh yeah i love you yeah thank you uh once they get married the laughs or once they kind of move in together the laughs kind of tail off a little bit there's a couple of like little bits and i do want to touch on at least one of them favorite scene though the we're talking about the bar scene yes Oh my god. So when they're dating, after their little meet cute, their their first date. Their first date, they I I I think maybe they went out to dinner first and now they're getting Yeah, they're going for a drink They're getting a dinner. nightcap. They go to a bar that is absolutely nuts to butts in there. <laughs> there is no You said room. nuts to butts. My note that I wrote down is weird bar where everyone drinks Irish coffees and it's absolutely packed dick to dick. Absolutely dick to dick. Can't even put shoulder to shoulder. Like he's walking across the bar holding Irish coffees, which is apparently what everyone in this bar is drinking. Everyone is drinking Irish coffees. It's very strange. It must have been in vogue in 68. Maybe they just came out. Um, I'll touch on it a little bit later, but this movie is Catholic propaganda, so maybe it's some sort of nod towards being Irish. Maybe. Don't really know. I don't know. Um, he can't even put his arms down, and as he's bringing yeah. two Irish coffees across the bar to where she is. But there's so much great stuff in that scene. He keeps going to like get them drinks. So he goes to get them drinks. He passes two super horny ladies. Hot to trot, horny for really sex hot. ladies. Yeah, they're flirting with him. Um, they're absolutely horny for it. So, and meanwhile, Lucy is standing there trying to work up the courage and practicing telling him that he, she has eight kids. At this point, neither one of them know that they have huge families. She's only met his one daughter that came in. And he talks to one of Lucy's daughters on the phone when he calls her to like ask her out. They both know their parents. Neither one knows they have enormous as far as the two of them are concerned they each have one daughter yeah so lucy's standing there by herself just being like oh by the way i have eight kids 
Did I tell you I have eight kids? Did you say you like kids? Because I have eight. Because I have eight of them. <laughs> She's just saying it out loud, and there is just a guy, staring dead-eyed yeah. forward in the bar. The way it's framed is Lucy's kind of in the background, and then the foreground on like the right side of the screen is uh, another guy. Yeah, just because every nobody can man. move, so he's just yeah. kind of standing there. But he keeps hearing what she's saying. His eyes are bulging and out. Yeah, he his, his eyes are like like a cartoon wolf exploding yeah. out of his head, and he's like rolling his eyes and blinking. Well, Tex Avery wolves are horny for sex, also more so like the ladies that he keeps passing. This guy is not this, as horny for guy, sex, but oh his boy, eyes are he is skeeved out, he, popping out of his head. At one point, uh, when she says, "I have eight kids," by the way, he said he turns back to her. Finally, when he speaks up, he says. Don't look at me, lady. I've only been here for an hour. Yeah, like, I just got yeah, here. Yeah. So he finally comes back with the drinks. Yeah. But now she's having problems with an eyelash. Yeah, we're just going into classic, like, messing up just a little bit and trying to yeah. uh, very stay poised. Three stooges. Yeah, I it mean, becomes very, this... very I Love Lucy style. Yeah, yeah. it mean... becomes this very, uh, uh, I guess, vaudevillian. I might be using that uh well, i like mean term it's, it's physical comedy yeah. yeah where she's like messing with an eyelash and now she's like winking and it's like stuck and yeah. the same guy who was sees her winking sees yeah. her winking and he like rolls his eyes again and he's yeah. just like meanwhile uh henry fonda has passed the horny ladies again well so what happens is uh because she wants to fix her eyebrow eyelash it is so we're seeing yeah. eyebrow but she has a fake eyelash on and it comes off and she wants to get it reattached without him seeing and her getting embarrassed so she's like oh i'd die for a smoke <laughs> and he he says uh uh what do you like um uh full flavor light filters no filters she's like yes uh, yes so he, uh, it sounds good so yeah. he, he, he leaves, leaves to go get cigarettes we'll get back to him coming back with the cigarettes in a second but the friend that sets them up comes by and she's got problems with her eyelash oh yeah so, so he's, he's trying to help her and he he's like oh i'm good at this and takes it like takes it off her face blows it off and puts it back on but like, now puts henry, it on the wrong yeah. eye or something so now he henry fonda's coming back six packs of cigarettes and yeah. is he is holding one of hand, every type of cigarette pack in passing the horny ladies for a third time now yeah we get a little scene with them so he comes back and now lucy's got an eyebrow like an eyelash just totally like off kilter <laughs> he offers her a cigarette and she says oh no i don't smoke. i don't smoke <laughs> so now it's it's henry fonda lucille ball and uh van johnson all standing yeah. there he's he's the friend of both of them from work he's kind of helping set them up yeah so now he's forcing starts, henry fonda to actually like reach out and he starts guess. trying to tell the, he starts he's, telling, he's to a little sauced on irish yeah. coffees dude this guy's been sipping the good the, those oh man i want to drink an irish coffee dude you irish want to pause coffee. and go make some do you have uh no. coffee irish whiskey uh heavy whipping cream that we can whip i have and then, coffee and then optional green creme de menthe i have coffee that's a disgusting factor the creme de menthe that that's like the sh it's not supposed to be in the what drink but it it's a, a green like mint liqueur oh. um that like shitty bars will put on an irish coffee just to make it green on top of the whipped cream but huh. like you don't want mint in your coffee it's no. disgusting don't hey if you're inspired by this movie by us talking about this movie and you're gonna make a nice irish coffee at home 
Pour the green crumb dements in the freaking trash, okay? So Henry Fonda's back with the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Van Johnson is now trying to tell Lucille Ball that Henry Fonda has ten kids and try and tell Henry Fonda that Lucille Ball has eight kids. Right. The way they get him to stop is they both individually spill yeah. their Irish coffees on Van Johnson. Yeah. In like, an whoops, absolutely oh, hilarious oh, oh, I'm so scene. sorry. You must be getting <laughs> Then when that scene ends, he gets his own Irish coffee spilled all mm-hmm. over him. It's just such classic slapstick. I was they straight both, up belly laughing. They both spill on him. He They spill his own drink on him, whatever. And then uh, a waitress comes by with a whole tray of Irish coffee. Someone knocks that on him. And he's like, if, oh, if you want me to leave, just say so. That's Man, it was so then funny. The culmination of this whole thing is that that loose seal balls slip her dress slip has started to fall down so she grabs henry fonda to tell him he's like your slip's falling off and she's all shocked that he said it out loud because she was trying to be secret so he gets down on the ground and starts crawling crawling on on the floor trying to find it he finally (laughs) finds it and stands up and whose feeders yet? The horny the sex ladies. The two horny sex ladies. And he's holding this slip. And she's like, oh, that must be mine. Yeah. I, it just such a fucking great scene. It's, I mean, it's so funny. It's, it's so classic good. comedy through and through. There's another great scene where Lucille Ball goes, and this is just Lucy being Lucy. It's just like you said, you mentioned it. It's just, I love Lucy stuff. I do love Lucy. Through and through. But she goes to Henry Fonda's house to meet their kids, and Henry Fonda asked, asks the one son to make her a screwdriver, a light screwdriver. She wants it very light. And to get Henry Fonda a um, scotch or a Drink bourbon. Scotch and water, yeah. Scotch and water. So he, the, the oldest son goes to make it. He pours a shit ton of vodka in there, and then a little bit of scotch from his dad's hey, drink. First he pours, like a normal shot of vodka and then he just kind of looks at it and he's like i'm gonna add a bunch more it's like a triple shot of vodka yeah with some scotch then so another yeah, then son he's comes pouring by the scotch and soda he's like i'm gonna add some scotch in there too yeah, another yeah. son comes by puts some gin in it and then the third older son comes by and puts some rum in it yeah they finally give it back to lucy she takes a sip and does classic lucy face because a strong drink she does the ooh, just like as if as if a baby was eating a lemon for the first time yeah. she does a <laughs> man i mean i hope you know what we mean by it yeah. does classic lucy face it's great um then she's a fucking absolute talent people. then we we kind of hard cut to them eating dinner they're on a table all the foods on a lazy susan in the middle of the table and lucy is just hammered blasted drunk dude she's giggling up a storm mm-hmm. just having a fit about it the youngest daughter wants some mashed potatoes lucy sco- scoops a huge thing and just plops it right into the little girl's lap so funny. starts laughing in her face yeah. and then rubbing it. it on her face and stuff it's oh my god she's got so the hiccups during grace oh yeah every line she's like eh. Me. <laughs> <laughs> then the little girl wants some milk. Lucy just pours like a half gallon of milk just all over this little girl. It's it's so funny. It's just so it's such a good scene. This is like man, I I love physical comedy like this. Mm-hmm. Just like getting into a goofy situation and then watching it play out. And there's always that um uh like people trying to maintain manners and stuff in these weird situations. Yeah, like um. Peter Sellers, one of my all-time favorites, and he did a lot of this kind of awesome, like the Pink Panther movies and stuff. But man, yeah, I love this kind of just classic 
people goofing around doing funny physical stuff. It's like you took Looney Tunes and you made it live action for me. <laughs> my that's what, yeah, that's what Looney Tunes came first. Yeah. And then they made all that. They said, hey, wait a minute. What if we did Wile E. Coyote, but people? Yeah. What if Wile E. Coyote was a Catholic uh, man with a bunch of kids? And he just hated them so much that he'd rather go to war. Yeah. At some point, uh, piano falls on Lucio Ball's head in this, and then mm-hmm. uh, she opens her mouth, and uh, they all her fall teeth out. are replaced by piano keys. And they all fall out. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Uh, the only other, like, uh, not only other, because there's, like, plenty of, like, little giggles, but the the other scene that, like, really got me is after they get married and move in together, uh, Lucy's youngest son, Philip, who has a couple of, like, he's the one of the only kids that is featured heavily it's like lucy's yeah, you can't youngest feature is all of these kids because i mean there's fucking 18 of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i can't even remember what most of these kids are but his oldest son is featured prominently he's used his kind of oldest a, daughter and her youngest son are featured yeah, pretty prominently the uh henry fonda's oldest son is kind of used as a proxy for the rest of the children yeah. to show that they're all kind of like coming together as the the right. film progresses. They they start divided and come together, start to care about it. But uh, it's the first night in their big house. Philip is... They're supposed to be on a honeymoon. Philip uh, fakes a fever at the wedding, or fakes being sick at the wedding. So they go back to the house and they and cancel their honeymoon. There's all kinds of chaos trying to get them all into like the right beds, but they call a doctor. And before the doctor shows up, the power goes out. So when the doctor shows up, being here to like treat a sick kid kid, yeah one of the other sons one of henry fonda's sons answers the door holding a candle and the doctor almost looks at the camera and goes oh god i'm too late so funny dude (laughs) thinks he's walked them to a candlelit vigil for philip we gonna light us a candle tonight and then uh there's just a bunch of stuff with the doctor where he's just like completely overwhelmed thinks they're insane he he thinks I mean, it's like right. an, yeah he thinks it's like an orphanage like asks yeah. like what organization yeah. is this <laughs> uh and then the other thing that's just absolutely hilarious and it's and it's played yeah, so thing. straight yeah. yeah when the doctor goes to leave he's on the second floor and he walks up to the stairs double Glances checks to around. see if anyone's watching him and then throws his leg over the banister and slides, slides down, down backwards and it's not even like commented on right. or mentioned. It's just, a, it's just like a funny thing for a doctor to do. It just you don't happens. have to think about it more than that. Uh, it it was just good. Mm-hmm. It's just a good movie. Like if you, if you're into sort of family comedy stuff like this, or if you like Lucille Ball and you haven't seen this movie, it couldn't recommend it more. Fun, I don't fun, think easy watch. Yeah, we thought this was gonna be boring, like weird i don't know like teach us a lesson or something maybe movies but it's just like there's a lot of heart involved in little, the movies but it is yeah, mostly just little little gags like there's little visual gags like once they we have this kind of like montage of all the kids kind of settling into their roles and one of the kids his job is to go get the paper every day mm-hmm. and it's again it's raining he goes outside and he comes in he's soaking wet carrying an absolutely drenched paper hands it dripping wet to lucy and just yells, 20% chance of rain! <laughs> it, yeah. It's a bunch of little stuff like that, where it's like, it's just, just pretty funny. You get some voiceover from uh, Philip, the youngest kid, where he's like, describing the struggles of living in that house. And he's like, I'm the littlest one, so I never get anything to eat. And he's just like, uh, it's just a bigger kid taking the big plate of breakfast and it not making it to him. Um 
him just getting shorted every time and and he keeps making excuses for it he's like uh oh i never really did care for eggs like oh bacon can be a little greasy and he just gets nothing to eat and everyone's getting in trouble because they haven't left for school yet and he's like so i that's why i invented the oatmeal sandwich yeah he makes an oatmeal sandwich some oatmeal onto toast and eats it running out the door like this is fun as hell dude that's good Um, that's very good um i think i liked yours mine and ours more than you did but i think you liked with six you got it you get egg roll a little bit more than i did, I did. you want to get into yeah let's get into it I, that, that pretty much covers it for uh the rest of the movie with yours mine and ours is kind of your first half is a lot of jokes and the getting to know each other stuff and then yeah. it's a lot of stuff with the kids and the families Bringing kind of coming together together it's when it beca- um, that's where like mo- more of the heart kind of like big comes into it. big similarity actually is um the family's coming together, realizing they're at odds with each other, and then some sort of like antagonistic force uh, makes them realize they are closer. So in um, in years, mine and ours, it's the last thing I'll say about it. But um, there's a uh, Lucille uh, Lucille's oldest daughter has a boyfriend who's like kind of a beat Nikki. he's got a motorcycle and he's like pressuring pressuring her to have sex the whole time and um towards the end of the movie when her water breaks they're rushing her to the hospital the boyfriend's there and the oldest son is just like beating the shit out of him in the living room because he i guess got too handsy or something but it's like oh this is yeah that's my sister you can't treat her that way whatever um in the same way the insane set piece towards the end of with six you get egg roll they start fighting a chicken chicken drivers driver. um i guess we should save that it shouldn't be our first thoughts on like with six you get egg roll but um um but, uh, there's so many good gags in this movie too man the um what i mentioned that like classic older comedy like this is i love it um the having the boss over for dinner Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite old school um sitcom tropes i guess and that's basically how this movie starts out is uh doris day's like a big business lady her sister's forcing her to start dating again so there's this like comic interaction with brian keith's character and uh they're gonna have him uh have him over for her dinner party but getting ready for the dinner party, everything's all jacked up, dude. The kids are fucking going crazy. The dog eats her wig, runs off with it. So they're cooking it in the oven to dry it out. Yeah, she's got to wash means- it. Yeah, she's her, her hair dryer breaks. So mm-hmm. she has her kind of like live in uh, housekeeper yeah. situation. Put it in the oven on like 100 degrees to bake it dry her two youngest sons are in the tub with a can of paint for some reason painting the tile walls so she falls into the tub there's a bunch of yellow paint they're covered in yellow she gets covered in yellow uh she's wearing like a face mask of some sort and like some um, sort of mud mask and something to like keep her hair 
something. I don't know. She's wearing this weird shower cap, shower cap wig thing, hair dryer. Um, So then she (laughs) covered in yellow paint, face mask, weird shower cap, wearing a towel. She runs out into the living room, chasing one of the kids or something. And boom, the guests are there. The man she's invited on a date is there. Her sister and uh, and, uh, Brian Keith. Yep. Uh, Max, no, should be no shock to you. Might be shocking to the audience. Hottie of the week is specifically Doris Day in this insane getup, covered in yellow makeup, covered in face mask, wearing a towel. She looks insane. She's incredibly <laughs> embarrassed. Brian Keith is like embarrassed for her. She's my hottie of the week in that moment. Congratulations, Doris Day. You've made it. Is, Doris, is Doris Day still alive? Can we send her a certificate? I'll send it to her she, state. She died two years ago. Oh, RIP. She almost made it. Yeah. Well, the start of our podcast. Yeah, we'll send it to the estate. In memoriam. Oh, maybe we'll find where she's buried and we can go put it on her grave. I don't see any. Is that too morbid or in poor taste? Yeah, but I mean, whatever. Okay. We can say what we want on here. That's true. Yeah. No one can stop us. Repercussions are meaningless. We are above it. Consequences will never be the same. Exactly. Um... One yeah, thing. it it rules. There's and they they do like fun little like camera tricks that this movie that I liked. It's like oh yeah, they're shot in fun a fun way. Shots. So that, like right after that, she's arguing with her sister who's like trying to help her get dressed, and she's like, "I'm gonna wear my white dress." She's like, "You can't wear you got to wear this beautiful little sexy red dress." Yeah, wear the like, red cocktail wearing, dress. I am absolutely not wearing the red dress. And the camera cuts out, cuts back into. Just like a close up of her lower back wearing the red dress and pans out from there as she's greeting the guests. There's a I loved it. There's a couple of like other little things like that. There's also some fun camera shots where Doris Day and Brian Keith are kind of once they start actually dating. Well, first of all, Doris Day and Brian <laughs> Keith are such a more fun, hip couple than Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, yeah. probably because they have literally a fraction of the children. And this movie is not Catholic propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they go, like, you know. they go on a bunch of dates. Um, the first one kind of being like Brian Keith skips out on the dinner because he's a little overwhelmed. Too many of the guests are kind of going up to him and saying, how'd you get her? You're so lucky to get Doris Day. Assuming they're dating way before they've even, like, this is the first time they've talked in You've years. You've triggered another segment, Max. Oh, Damn. That I guy just, of the week. I just stumble all over these, don't Happen I? happens in this uh in in this scene specifically. So at the dinner party, everybody's like, Oh, you're really lucky to have bagged a girl like that. Like he's just met her for the first time in like many years. He was a friend of her husband. Right. So they were kind of just family friends before this, and yeah, they haven't talked in it, it a year or two. Um there is the the best part of that and it is a fun little uh, editing thing as well on um, everybody he's just like becoming disoriented and like b- basically dissociates because of all these people squawking about um how uh, cute of a couple they are and he's so lucky and all this like how'd you bag a girl like that stuff um and the part where it really pops off there's a woman just i, I forget what she's saying but she just keeps repeating like Oh, what a cute couple. 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 Yeah, the audio her, gets yeah, speeds it, up and gets distorted yeah, to her, higher her pitch. Her voice distorts to like mimic like a dissociative response from David Keith. Yeah, he's entering um, a fugue state. Yeah. Close to doing a kill, I yeah. think. <laughs> uh that uh that woman who's talking is none other than Jackie Joseph, uh, who plays Mrs. Futterman in Gremlins and Gremlins 2. She's the new also batch. credited. Because you're a Joe Dante guy. Mm-hmm. Credited as his wife. 
In Small Soldiers. Yep, she's in Small Soldiers. Um, I'm going to counter this week your that guy of the week unprecedented he's gonna get brought up again once we get to the end but uh jamie farr uh from mash fame played uh clinger on mash also uh would have been a good pick for that guy of the week i think he's got a good fun part in this you're giving me a look he of does just have a fun part in this she absolute disdain. Was he in Gremlins? I'm not Gremlins stepping to the new on badge. your Futterman pick. Jackie Joseph is a good pick. You're a Joe Dante person. I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, There's a decent chance he has been brought up in every episode of the podcast. So probably has. Or at least a Gremlins movie. Either Joe Dante or a Gremlins movie. If anyone, if anyone knows. I mean, we lasted, even when we were on No Nonsense, we lasted about 20 minutes before... Gremlins and Joe Dante. Was I don't even think that long, but thank you for giving me that. But so, whoever's <laughs> taking care of the doubled feature wiki, yeah, um, will be. I mean, they have an exact count for yeah, every updates. Extra life page for yeah. doubled feature. Yeah, please do. Um, so Brian Keith leaves. He says, "I got to pick up some clients." Uh, from He's the airport, gonna pick somebody up at the airport late at night or something. So, so he leaves and says, "I got to pick him up at eleven thirty. The dinner party le- ends. And Doris Day's uh, housekeeper starts yelling at them that she's they're out of bread or something. So she's like, fine, fine, I'll go to the 24-7 Walmart or, you know, whatever's around. And they run into each other there. So she's giving him shit for bailing on the party. He apologizes. They decide to go meet up at a diner. Like, she she says to him Try at the grocery it. store, um, you've got, like, two minutes to get to the airport. Right. So like, oh. we know it's 1130, right? So then they decide to meet at a drive-in, a, like a drive-in diner, like a, a Sonic. But these were more prevalent. People know what a drive-in is. Some people might not. With, there's millennial, there's a Gen Zers or whatever that are listening to this podcast. We've got a massive Gen Z audience. They're not listening to this podcast. They're too busy listening to 100 Gex. <laughs> whatever whatever zoomers. They're probably also, already, we don't. I think they're probably already over 100 I checked the gex. analytics. They're I think our TikTok. youngest... Our our youngest demographic is like twenty four to twenty eight, so we need to get more babies. Yeah, listening to this. everyone make your force your children to listen to Double Feature. We need to reach a younger audience so that we can have we a do, lasting. Uh, we got to. I mean, if if we don't reach a younger audience, our audience is just going to get older and older until they dead, and then we're dead. It's going to happen. Anyway, fucking hopefully soon. So it's 1130. They finish up their grocery shopping. They go to the drive-in. Mm-hmm. The drive-in is owned and operated by none other than a super young George Carlin. He's cracking wise. He's, he's cracking wise. He's super horny for Doris Day. Is like, oh, yeah, he's buy whatever you want. Yourself. I'll only charge you for a coffee. Yeah. But then Brian Keith shows up and he's like, mm, gets real salty. Guy. Now I'm going to charge you full price. Yeah, I'm going to charge you full price. <laughs> They're there for all of 10 minutes probably yeah, i don't and think then, we need to get into the way time works at the at the I, drive-in it was one of the things i was so hung up on it because they leave okay. even if they leave the grocery store by midnight where did they have to drive to to get to this drive-in because it, presumably we see their entire interaction there and then finally george Carlin's like we're closing and doris day goes well it is almost two o'clock did they fucking drive to the next county over yeah where the know. fuck is this drive-in driving around does become a big issue but they they start going on all these dates that are all super late at night. They always end up at the drive-in because their kids don't want them dating. Right. There's like 
the daughters acting like shitty towards uh, Doris Day when she comes over after they've gone on a date because she doesn't want her mother replaced. Um, when the Brian oldest Keith son. comes to Doris Day's house, he like the oldest son insists on like staying up in the living room because he wants to watch some TV show in color to like keep them from. He he doesn't like want to catch them canoodling. Yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, that's that's a big dynamic of the beginning of this. They like each other, um, but the kids like their family dynamic is everyone's trying to keep them apart. Yeah, basically they just can't find a place to to kiss each other's mouths. Um, they do have it, it would be inappropriate to do in front of the kids. The daughter even accuses Brian Keith of having an affair. He, she keeps saying, "Are you having an affair with uh, Abby McClure?" Doris right. Day's uh, character's name. Very weird. They do, Brian Keith and Doris Day do have a one at home date that I will say looked so fucking comfortable. They come home late at night, light a fire, lay on some sort of animal skin rug. Brian Keith falls asleep on the Share a glass of wine. Yeah. They do a little dancing. The dancing has a fun shot where they're kind of spinning in the living room and the shot is the cameras above them looking down, which is, uh, was really just fun camera work and this mm-hmm. camera's like rotating with them uh brian keith falls asleep in front of the fire she's looking at him affectionately i'm just like damn that is just comfy what a hell, comfy dude. looking scene that was <laughs> i want to fall asleep in front of the fire at with brian keith be careful like burn your house down one straight ember yeah so this kind of all you know we that that's kind of like almost the entirety of the movie is them trying to do these dates. There's another fun well, shot well, so when they call each other to say, to basically be like, I like you, you, I like you, you like me. Right. And they're like, yeah, where it's set up to look like it's a split camera shot where they Isn't shot that in yours, both. mine and ours. Mm-mm. That's in, uh, that's in, um, with 60 got a girl. It is, you're right. Yeah, so it's it's supposed to look like... It's now been like two weeks since I watched these movies, yeah. and they're very similar anyway. It's, it's supposed to look like it's they shot two separate scenes and then composed them together, but yeah, they so are clearly they, they on a set. They call each other, yeah, and they're both in bed on the phone, and their beds combine into one bed, so it looks like they're laying in one bed next to each other on the phone. I didn't realize that... Apparently, it's uh, they just made a crazy set bed. Initially, where... I was like, oh, cool shot. But then I looked closer and it's like the sheets were clearly sewn together. Right. Like if you're looking at the seam and it that so neat. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how it difficult rules. that sort That's of when they composed... just decide, hey, we're going to get it. We're going to elope. We're we're sick of this. We're horny as hell for sex. We want to do sex to each other real bad. Yeah. And uh, so we've got to get married like right now. So they go and elope and uh then the kids can't say shit. The new issue that pops up is uh, the the kids are mad at not being at their own houses and mad like they're making the son sleep on a cot in the kitchen. Uh, everyone's the the daughter is fighting with the three sons like everyone's mad at each other. So they keep swapping back and forth. One night they'll go to his house one night to her house while they're trying to sell their houses and buy one for everybody doesn't work comically doesn't work they can't make it happen keep flip-flopping everybody's pissed uh they still have nowhere to get their sex on yeah so that's the kind of like the final sort of conflict where they're just going 
like Dan said, back and forth between these houses. And then the, I guess, climax of the movie is kicked off when Brian Keith's daughter is saying, well, I want to be the woman in the house. So Doris Day sets she, her on a bunch keeps, of like, tasks. She keeps nitpicking that uh, Doris Day is like not doing stuff the way they do it or something. Yeah. So she's like, oh, you want to be the lady in the house? She gives her this giant list. It's going to take her all day to do all the cleaning, the laundry, all the tidying. Up. She does she's all like, of You're it. You're going to be the woman of the house. She does all of it and comes back and says, I'm done. And Doris Day's like, oh, well, do you want to get started on tomorrow's list? And Brian Keith's daughter, who is uh, played by uh, Barbara Hershey. She's like, oh. She's like, oh. So Dor- <laughs> Doris Day starts writing it out. She's like, first... You're going to do your hair and then go to the mall. And so she's like telling her like, oh, you're going to do all these like fun things. And it's this moment that uh, Stacy, Brian Keith's daughter, is like she's standing there like one tear going down her cheek. She might as well just look into the camera and give a thumbs up to show (laughs) that her character has come full circle and now appreciates Doris. Yeah. So Brian Keith then comes home. And Stacy tells him, oh, I did chores all day and is about to tell him, but I learned something. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was just to say, like, I'm he I'm, storms off. He's pissed. So he's pissed. They get into a fight because uh, Doris Day like, doesn't want to. You wanna... can't make my daughter. Why don't your sons do any work? Yeah. Why do you put my daughter to work? And Doris Day is just kind of taking the stance. It's like, you don't understand. Like, you're such a stupid man. You won't even listen. Yeah, she's not. But she's also not willing to explain herself right. because she's just so mad at him. So they get into this big fight. He's in the back of the trailer. That's how people often fight. You start out yeah. fighting about something and you just and then you leave and get into the fighting you get into the winnebago that's yeah. parked in your driveway yeah. so oh, yeah did we say that they the way to fix their uh going back and forth you mentioned in the synopsis concept yeah they they get a camper uh either to, buy it or it's her it's doris day's sister not 100 clear I can't how they get the camper but they get the camper to park in their driveway so that they can use that as their bedroom and let the kids sleep in the house mm-hmm. and don't have to keep swapping houses back and forth so she's like i'm gonna drive you back to your house where you can hang out with your horny neighbor we didn't even touch on the horny oh, neighbor. yeah there's a there's a neighbor who's real sex horny for him really horny but he's, he's not interested in her because he's friends with her husband who he mentions plays offensive, offensive? tackle uh, for yeah. the <laughs> eagles or, or the it, packers it for the packers yeah and he's scared of him because <laughs> he's like yeah i would i would totally just fuck the shit out of my neighbor but yeah, her probably, husband I'd would fly her up. on out but uh not trying to get in some weird cuckolding shit with a dang football player but two things that these movies Brett have in Favre. common uh secondary characters who are just super fucking horny mm-hmm. and the title cards i didn't mention the title cards i'll mention them now both yeah. movies set up with you know big old movie open title card stuff where they do basically all the credits at the beginning of the movie yeah. uh both set they're up called titles when they're at the beginning yeah the credits at the end um uh set up with these uh animations made to look like kids drawings yeah. like you'd see on like a family it's spray cute. or something like that they were, man opening titles used to be so fucking long back in the yeah. day even like the good ones like james bond ones and stuff where they'll do like the intro song mm-hmm. it's like man they go on for fucking they're ever, very long dude. Now they do. Maybe they've swung the other way too much because new movies love to just start in media res, just the cold open, and then like yeah. five minutes into the movie, they drop just the name of the movie shows up real big, and then they're like, oh, the movie's starting. I always love to make the joke of when you have a movie, a film, mm-hmm. plays the whole film out, and then you get a title card with the name of the movie at the end. They do that. 
Yeah, they do it a lot. Yeah. Classic joke. Turn to whoever you're watching it with and just like, damn, that was the opening sequence. Uh, it'll it'll get uh, huh, every time. Yeah, I went. Uh. <laughs> it's all I'm looking for out of it. Oh, um, my God, they said it. But so she's driving this Winnebago. Oh, actually, there is a oh, my God, they said it moment. Oh, yeah. The kid uh, says the title <laughs> of the film. In with six, you get egg roll. I I mentioned I was very worried that there was going to be an offensive Asian stereotype. The most offensive. Mickey, there there is an offensive thing like I, drawing in the opening title. There's an, just like a Chinese caricature. When you see know. the title card of "With Six You Get Egg Roll," there is a gong sound uh, that felt pretty, uh, especially insensitive what's to me. Going on right now. Um, yeah. I think we recorded the first one before the Stop Asian Hate movement happened yeah i think we did atlanta killings happened and now that has happened it uh, makes this even more we uncomfy i don't know how to use my platform for good necessarily but i will say we stand this is a pro asian community podcast yeah uh, we are in full support of stopping asian hate uh is even more so for that reason that i am very relieved i was worried there was going to be like a mickey rooney and um they Breakfast were gonna, at Tiffany's style. They were going to go to get character. whatever Chinese food they get, and Mickey Rooney was going to come out yeah. in full. Don't do the accent. I'm not. No, okay. I would never. Fuck Oof. that. No. Oof. Um, but uh, what happens is they're at a Chinese restaurant. It's a it's a scene that has almost no bearing on the movie. It's almost like they put it in just so they could say the name of the movie. It's kind um, of. But it's the, it's they, the first dinner they have after eloping yeah and um they're trying to bring of, the family one of together. the younger sons is like i'm so glad that you got married because with six you get egg roll yeah, and it's like right. i don't even know about it. when you order six meals at a chinese restaurant i guess that's when you would get an quick, egg roll quick most note, meals come with an egg roll quick yeah. note on those kids before we get back to talking about the climax of the movie which is the most insane fantastical <laughs> thing that happens yeah, in we'll get, we'll get into movies. That. okay but what what do you have about the kids first the actors look to be about 12 13 i don't think they look that old. 10 to 12 maybe then but i'm pretty sure they're supposed to be playing like six or seven year olds there is a weird disconnect between to me the how those kids looked and how they acted that was just right. kind of like throwing me off also they're fucking terrible actors were they, they suck were they, were they, i don't know if i noticed it the first time we talked about this were they actually both played by steve buscemi wearing a backwards cap but yeah yeah he just kept saying hello fellow kids uh, yeah <laughs> uh so Dory so back to the climax of the film doris day is driving brian keith in the back of this winnebago he's, he's still been asleep in the back of the well, he was getting undressed from work no he just he's just waking up mm -mm. yeah he comes home from work you're wrong about this i am not wrong about 100 whatever he's in the back of the camper she's driving him back to his house where she was like, well, you can go sleep with your horny neighbor, Cleo. He somehow falls out of the back of the camper in his skivvies. He's just wearing boxers. In his undies. He's doing a classic running with both of his hands just covering his dick. Yeah. So he makes his way to the drive-in. The, the drive-in drive where George Carlin gives him a uniform. Mm -hmm. And he's able to hitch it right on the back of some biker's tricycle. I think it's like a delivery for the drive. -in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, take Weird. this, take this man home. Weird. Meanwhile, Doris Day doesn't know that he's fallen out of the back, and she hits a. She runs into she, some hippies she or something realizes, like that. She realizes that um, he's fallen out. 
I don't know if she realizes immediately. I think she gets remorseful while doing it and checks on checks him or on something. Him and he's and not then, there. And then he's not there. She realizes he's fallen out, so she's got to go find him. So she goes and finds him. She gets back to the diner after he's left, and there's just like a giant, like traveling group of hippies who are also bikers. Jamie Farr's their like leader. Mm-hmm. He's got this crazy like Van Dyke goatee like, and huge side. We love you, mom. We gotta help you out, man. That's javadelic. Yeah, saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Just he saying, keeps like calling her caricature jargon. He keeps calling her baby. Yeah. Um. So they're like, we gotta help her. And so then they go all driving off. Somehow they get she hits a chicken they're all, delivery truck. They're all truck. like sitting on top of the camper and stuff, like taking a ride with her. Very so they uh, can Beverly her Hillbillies. Yeah, very weird. She hits a chicken truck and There's gets a arrested. Chicken truck backing up and she hits it. Feathers like, and chickens going everywhere. Insane. The drivers are mad. The drivers are very mad. Like. I don't know if she even gets arrested, but they take her and all the hippies to the police station. Well, the whole thing is they are going to put her in a cell. Yeah. But the hippies will not let anything happen to baby. If so, you're not following this, it's because this because it, makes it no just sense. pops off. The movie goes insane at the end. So then the hippies decide while they're in the they're going to do a sit-in yeah, to so not put baby in the... It's, it's not like they're like being tried in front of a judge. No. It's just her and like 30 hippies In the lobby of a tiny the, police station. Yeah, standing at the counter talking to a cop behind the counter. It's very weird. Uh, they do a sit-in in there to keep her from uh, being put in a jail cell. Uh, while that's happening, Brian Keith makes it home. And the kids that her her son is still like, oh, I heard how you were yelling at her. I still hate you. I'm going to go find her myself. And then everyone leaves independently to go find her. Yeah, the oldest son gets in his like hot rod. Yeah. How do they track her to the police station? Does she she calls? She call. Oh, she she, calls. She she gets her phone call. Yeah, she gets her phone call home. She calls. The son's like, she's at the police station. I'm going to basically is like, I'm going to beat you there. I'm going to be the one to rescue my mom. He gets to the police station, hits the same chicken truck, which is, yeah, outside of the police station now. Then now the chicken chicken guys are mad at him and going to fight him. So Brian Keith comes over and says, don't pick on a kid. Don't pick on a kid. And the chicken guy is basically like, fine, I'll pick on a man. Proceeds to beat the living shit out of Brian Keith. Absolutely wrecks him. (laughs) It's like one or two punches, but he's like knocked cold from like both of them. So then the son starts fighting the other chicken guy. The daughter comes in and is like throwing slaps and stuff. The two youngest dog shows up and bites. Yeah, the two youngest boys get involved by grabbing the bigger chicken man and holding onto his legs and biting him. One of them's doing yeah, classic cartoon little kid fighting a guy where he's in like a cross leg pattern, holding his leg and then keeps biting the leg. Hilarious. And it's really not family teams up to just beat these. Just working class laborers. It's really not even until the dog gets involved that the tides are turned. Yeah. The dog is yeah, the, the big uh, fucking shaggy like sheepdog thing shows yeah, up. Played by Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talking fluke. Yeah. You let me know when we're ready to talk fluke. Um, But then they, you know, some hand waving happens. They end up inside the police station and it's literally fighting these chicken men. Mm-hmm. That is the galvanizing action for all of the children. Well, yeah, once again, the family Brian comes Keith. together by uniting against a uh, 
a, a shared enemy. Um, just and like yours, mine, and ours, it's a sex-crazed bad boyfriend. It's a little horny for sex. And with 60 good egg roll. Or a motorcycle bad boy. It's some chicken men it's, that this yeah. family has absolutely destroyed their truck. <laughs> yeah, destroyed their livelihood. Now they've been hurt physically. Um, then the chicken men. <laughs> so her sister and her husband show up because he's, he's a lawyer. Yeah, so he's, he's her going lawyer. to represent her. And he's defending them, and then the rest of the family comes in, and they're like, "Yeah, you." It, it, the chicken men put together that they're all related. <laughs> These people who have ruined their day and like lives, <laughs> probably completely. their livelihoods. Yeah, Just, the truck is destroyed. The chickens are everywhere. But uh, he's like, "You were trying to, you were trying to fight my son," and he's like, "Yeah, and you uh, hit my dad." And the daughter's like, "Yeah, and I love everybody." And that's my mom. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's just pointing around. Like, and the two kids simultaneously say, "With six, you get egg roll." <laughs> they do not. And then the credits roll. Yeah, they jump into the air, freeze frame, <laughs> freeze as frame. they're punching the air, saying, "With six, you get it." That does not happen. That does not happen. Rule of that. But yeah, sorry if that was a long really route but the climax of this movie is just it gets buck wild it is so weirdly fantastical compared comes out to of it's like everything a, else in the movie yeah even. it's like a real look at, like a real comedic fun look at like how it would be weird being a widow especially in this time period where dating wasn't the same like you divorce wasn't as prevalent you mostly got married for life um but dating later in life and combining family and all the weird stuff that comes with that it's like a real very realistic look and then the end of this movie just pops off with over the top comedic it's like it's not quite to the level but it's like borderline like uh blazing saddles when they just bust into like the back lots and yeah. going through a, <laughs> like yeah. the fourth wall it's very, sim- that's, very yeah. similar very similar energy though yeah, yeah you're very yeah, yeah. right um it felt very kind of um because of the weird tonal shift like you mentioned it felt very uh almost tv show Mm -hmm. like that's like a climax to a tv show kind of thing but the whole movie had a very kind of like tv show quality to it i thought compared to yours mine and ours yeah um but again i i I think that wraps up uh with six you get egg roll pretty well i did find one one of the quotes that jojo jamie farr's character says well two of them actually when he agrees to help uh doris day and give her uh his bike like bike and stuff to find jake uh brian keith he says saddle up friends we shall give thou a hand that is our bag to help folks and then to cool hippie yeah to the desk sergeant when they're at the police station he says your royal fuzz let our mother go (laughs) and it's like that is like oh but so goofy so it's a lot of both both of these movies i think we agree that like neither one's amazing or anything they're not must watches Mm-mm. but just light easy fun watches that both of them really surprised us i think yeah um, yeah just a lot of fun I, I gave um i gave yours mine ours a four star uh i gave with 60 good egg roll a three star it could easily be a three and a half for me i think i gave them both a three and a half i liked uh with 60 good egg roll a little bit more um so we were we were we each liked one a little bit more, but we a little both bit more. both of these were like a yeah. surprising little treat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything else you want to touch on real quick before we tell the people what's coming up next That's, week? I'm all good, man. All right. Um, next week, uh, the episode's actually already recorded. What the hell? Don't... We already did it. What? Because we're re-recording this one like we said. I know. 
Next week is uh, our first ever animated movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're watching... The only animation we've touched on so far is the opening titles in this one. Yeah. Uh, from 1986, we're watching The Great Mouse Detective and An American Tale. We're watching the rat movies, Max. Little rat movies. Little I guess they're mice, movies. technically. There's rats in both Call of them. Call them rat movies. Yeah, we're watching the rat movies. I think it'll be a good time. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be good. Yeah, we had fun. We had fun. I, I We already know that we had we fun. We already know we had fun, yeah. <laughs> so... Look forward to that uh, coming up next week. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, Twitter is at Doubled Feature. Instagram, Doubled Feature. Uh, send us an email if you'd like at um, doubledfeaturepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to uh, Ryan at Ryan Laser on Twitter for our theme music. Um, also, follow my webcomic, uh, Nerds Day. Find that uh Twitter at nerdsday.com and do it with our friend Sam. And you can follow Dan and I individually on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh I am at Mac underscore dead. Dan is at Danny Jankum. Uh yeah. That's it. I think that covers all the socials. Yep. Should probably get a little, like a little script for that written out just to make it a little smoother, but mm-hmm. whatever, man. Here we are. Here we are. Haven't done it yet and hey. may never. I think they'll forgive us because this episode, at the very least, uh, technically at least, I mean, content-wise, still may be unlistenable. Don't, that's for you to decide. <laughs> but at least uh, on a recording uh, level, this will be listenable. Yeah. People will be calling this episode listenable, hopefully. All right. Um, okay, Max, gotta, I'd like to leave yeah. you um, not with a final joke, but with a final thought. These... Uh, uh, the huge size of these movies definitely makes you think um, really carefully about uh, having children, and it is for that reason I remind you all to have your pets spayed or neutered. Feature. They're like the same thing. Double feature. But they're really-